welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. Oh, hello, hello. I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Sorry about missing you guys last week. Genuinely sorry about that. I had some stuff come up and we all have stuff, right? I, I, I had stuff. I'm human. And uh, apparently a little clumsy as well, because my stuff came in the form of a hot cup of coffee. And I realize that doesn't sound like much, but when you accidentally spill that hot cup of coffee all over your stomach in your hips, well, it becomes stuff. And uh, I will spare you the gory details. Let's just say it involved a trip to urgent care and then some bunches and bunches of bandages for the next week and a half. So uh, I took a break. I took a break. I, I didn't want to miss an episode. I didn't want to miss joining you guys right here. And frankly, I could have pushed through the pain. I could have. I've done that so many times in my life where I've put my head down and just pushed through the pain and I've made it happen. And I'm a genuine believer in there is a place for that in all of our lives. But this wasn't it. This wasn't it. For me, taking care of myself and what I needed was the most important thing. And so that's what I chose to do. And, and I wonder about you, like, how often do you do that for yourself? How often do you show that compassion and love to yourself? Where, yeah, you could put your head down and push through the pain of it all, but instead you take a couple steps back and you put your needs first. It's tough sometimes, right? It, especially as women, where we are conditioned to be caregivers, not caretakers, and we give so much to others that we put their needs first. It's hard for us sometimes to put our own needs first. And I battle that as well. I do. Last week, I had that voice in my head. You know the voice. In fact, if you're like, what voice? That voice. That voice that just said, what voice? That's the voice I'm talking about. We all have this voice in our head. And my the voice in my head, I call her Ursula. I call her Ursula because I was a big fan of The Little Mermaid growing up. And Ursula is the sea witch, right? She's the nasty, ugly sea witch who takes Ariel's voice and tries to use it, you know, to get what she wants. And I think that that's what that negative voice in our head, the one that I call Ursula, does to me. She tries to quiet what I want for what she thinks is best and Rarely is that ever best. Ursula last week was in my head telling me, you got to do a podcast, Pamela. If you miss a podcast, people will stop listening. I had her in my head saying, people are counting on you. You know what? You Your audience is counting on you. You can't let them down. Yeah, that, that voice in my head that was saying, you haven't missed an episode all year. Like, just do it. Make it happen. It builds character. That's the voice that that comes up in my head. And, and you have a voice too. Maybe it doesn't sound like Ursula or maybe it doesn't say those kinds of things to you, but you have one. We all do. And the goal isn't to get rid of that negative voice. That's kind of a futile attempt. It's always going to be there. Ursula is a part of me. She ain't going anywhere. 
But my goal is to turn down the volume on her voice. So instead of having her scream at me at a level 10, like she's still there, but she's like talking to me at like a level three, kind of like almost at a whisper. I hear her and I'm like, yeah, I know you're there. I know you're trying to protect me. I know you think that this is the right thing to do, but I'm going to listen to what I really want and what I really need. And that's why I took a break last week. And I know I don't have to give you guys an explanation, but I I share this with you because I'm human and I'm going through all the same things that y'all are going through. Um, I just approach them maybe a little bit different, but I want to share with you not only my triumphs and my victories, but also my struggles because you've got struggles, I've got struggles, we all have them. Anywho, again, it's not about getting rid of that voice. It is about turning down the volume on her because there's so much freedom and relief in that. So much freedom and relief. And and that's what I teach my clients. I teach them how to turn down that volume so that they can listen to what they really want. And that doesn't happen overnight. That's a practice. It's a process. You have to practice that process in order to be able to manage it. And that's a change. And change can be hard for people. And I think we've gone about change in our society as it's a bad thing. It's something to push against. It's something to resist. Not always, but a lot of times. You hear the saying, change is hard. Yeah, it can be. But change can also be super easy. Like, really easy. Like, how long do you think it takes to change a belief? Do you think it's something that takes a long period of time that you've got to constantly work on and grind out in order to change a belief? Or do you think you can change a belief in an instant? Well, let me, let me tell you a story, all right? I want you to imagine this woman. She has the most loving husband. She thinks her husband is the best guy in the entire world. He is so loving. He is so supportive. He is so loyal to her and the family and so giving. Like, this is her rock. She doesn't worry about him. She knows that their marriage is solid. She believes that to her core. Then, one day, she comes home, and she finds her husband in bed with another woman. How long do you think it's going to take for her to change the belief that her husband is loyal? Do, do you think she's got to like really work on that belief and like grind that out and, and, and have to muscle the strength to change that belief? Or do you think that that like changed in an instant? You know it changed in an instant. You know that that belief changed, boom, like that in an instant. Things can change in an instant. They don't have to be hard. That is a lie that we tell ourselves most of the time so that we don't have to do the work. So I offer you that story just to shift that perspective, to wiggle it loose just a little bit. Because I had a belief that I can't sleep on my back. Like I can't sleep on my back. I can't sleep on my back because when I sleep on my back, I feel like I'm laying in a casket and I'm like six feet under. And let me just tell you, that is no way to fall asleep. All right. So I can't sleep on my back. Something I've told myself forever. Well, then um, 
pour a cup of scalding hot coffee all over your stomach and hips and see what happens when you literally cannot sleep on your sides or your stomach and you have to sleep on your back. What I realized is I'm perfectly capable of sleeping on my back. I just chose not to. And that's not a problem. But I have the ability to sleep on my back. So it wasn't a matter of can or can't. It was a matter of will or won't. And that happens so often in life. And I'm using the very superficial example of sleeping on my back just to prove a point. And also it's something that's happened recently to me. That so often we tell ourselves we can't do something. We can't change this. We can't change that because, well, we maybe don't know how, but it's possible. It may be hard and we don't want to do it. It's not a can or can't. A lot of times it's a will or a won't. You can have that hard conversation with your spouse or your kid or your parents. You can you telling yourself, I can't tell them what I think. I can't tell them what I feel. I can't tell them what I want. Oh, no, you're more than capable of telling them. You're just choosing not to because it's hard. So you won't tell them. Not a can or a can't. It's a will or a won't. And that's not a problem. So you may decide, you know what? I'm not going to tell them. I won't tell them how I feel. And that's not a problem. You get to choose that. When it becomes a problem is when we say we can't do it. You give up all of your power. It's as though you're in this like doubt about your ability. You can do it. You're just choosing not to. When you say you won't do it, there's so much clarity. There's so much ownership. There's so much empowerment in that you're owning the decision and you can stand behind it. But you know what? I'm also a realist. So while change can happen in an instant, I also recognize that sometimes it takes time. And that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with it taking time. Those small, consistent steps over an extended period of time is going to get you where you want to go. That's awesome. And change takes time, especially when it comes to changing how we live, like our lifestyles. How many of you have tried to change your attitude, change your mindset, maybe change your weight, change your relationships, change your body, change something big in your life? Thinking if you just knew how to change, then you'd be able to do it. Someone tell me what to do, exactly what to do. I'll go do that and I'll be able to make the change and all will be right in the world, right? Most of us think that. Just tell me exactly what to do and I'll be able to make the change. We've all tried to change and most of you have probably failed. Now, I'm not here calling you out on the failure. I'm stating the facts. We all have the ability to change our behaviors, but we rarely ever do. If we do, it's like we change our approach, our attitude, our diet for a week or two, and then decide it's too hard and go back to what we're comfortable with. I know. I've done it too. Alan Deutschman wrote a book. It's called Change or Die. Will you change 
or will you die? It's like putting the biggest obstacle in front of you. Change or die. Could you change if change really mattered? Like really mattered. It was a matter of life or death. Could you do it? And for a big part of the book, he looked at patients with severe heart disease. These were the people that had to change their lifestyle, like now. And if they didn't change it now, they were going to die. So if a doctor told you you had to go on like a vegetarian diet with less than 10% of calories coming from fat, learn yoga and start meditating, or your days on this earth would be dramatically decreased, would you be able to do it? Now, most of you are going to say yes. Life is on the line. Yes, I would be able to change my life. The truth is, most of you wouldn't change. That's the truth. Most of you wouldn't. Deutschman scientifically studied the odds. And the odds that you would change so you didn't die, nine to one. That's nine to one against you. 90% of people in this study did not change. He took a scientific approach to figuring out why people suffering from heart disease didn't change their lifestyle in order to live. Or why criminals who are repeat offenders keep going back to jail. Or businesses that are stuck in systems or ways of doing things that just don't work keep doing things that don't work right up until the moment where the business no longer exists because they can't change. The heart patient knows they need to change their lifestyles, but can't. Criminal knows if they keep breaking the law and going back to jail, it's not going to stop them. CEO can see that they're, what they're doing isn't working for their business, but changing how they do business, not much of an option. Why not? Why not? I believe that like uh, one of the reasons why we don't change is because we've been conditioned to believe that change is all about systems and strategies. Get the right system, get the right strategy, and change is inevitable. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. I'll do it. And then things will be all hunky-dory. But deep down, we know that's not true. Deep down, we know that's not true. If it were all just about systems and, and strategies, Google would have fixed the world would have fixed every single problem. You want to know a system? You want to know a strategy for anything? Google it. Google it. Right before this podcast, I literally Googled how to treat a sucking chest wound. It tells you how. Not that I ever want to do it or ever need to know how to do that, but it's there. It's there. You can learn about anything, any system, any strategy, any how-to on Google. So why didn't Google fix the world? Because it's not about systems and strategies. If it was, everybody would be skinny. You want to know how to lose weight? Google it. So many systems and strategies on the internet telling you what to do, how to do it, how much to eat, how often, all the things. Going to a bookstore, systems and strategies galore. Why don't they work? Because it's about changing behaviors. It's not just about systems and strategies. And that's a challenge in all facets of life. We could prevent so many negative outcomes by simply changing our mindset. The most important skill you are ever going to develop is your mindset. Hands down, your mindset. 
And, and your mindset is the set of beliefs surrounding what's possible in your life. It's the most important skill because it is going to determine the quality of your life. Whatever you think, those sets of beliefs, that mindset is going to determine the quality of your life. And your mindset is also going to find evidence everywhere around you to support it. So if you have a healthy mindset, you're going to find evidence to support that. If you have an unhealthy or negative or fixed mindset, you're going to find a ton of evidence to support that as well. So if your mindset is, I have to do this or I'll die, sure, that's motivating. It's a life or death type of situation because you don't want to die, so it's motivating. But it's also exhausting because death is scary to think about, right? So many people try not to think about it. And that's what they found happened in this study. You would think death, fear, would be a tremendous motivator. But what they found is that it was also overwhelming and scary. So most people try not to think about it. And then they end up going back to their old ways. They didn't change. But if you would change your mindset to the joy of living instead of the fear of death, but the joy of living and focus on how you want to feel better, enjoy life, experience more than that joy becomes the powerful motivator. I mean, like, take the heart patients that, that Deutschman was studying. You would think that severe heart disease, a crisis that could kill you, would be the strong motivator for change. Again, here's that fear kind of motivator. But yet 9 out of 10 patients who were told to dramatically change their lifestyle or they would die sooner didn't. They were given the facts. They were given the systems. They were given the strategies, but they didn't change. Why? Well, because behavioral change happens mostly by speaking to people's feelings. And, and doctors aren't taught that in medical school, right? This goes well beyond a good bedside manner. This is more about helping people find solutions that influence their emotions, that give them hope, that believe in that possibility of change. Most doctors are analytical. They're fact-based. They're not emotional and psychological. And, and most doctors don't believe you're going to change. Let's call a spade a spade. They do not believe you are going to change. They're going to tell you the problem. They're going to give you the facts. They'll give you the strategies. They'll tell you what to do. And they don't believe you're going to change. You know why? Because 90% of people don't. That's what they see every day. Now, this isn't about bagging on doctors. Not at all. This is about arming you with the information you need to make the changes in your life but have struggled to do so. This is about you, empowering you, allowing you to be the advocate, for you to see what's going on in your brain so that you can become aware of it and start to change it. Because what Deutschman also discovered that one of the biggest factors that determined whether or not someone was going to change their behavior is support. What level of support do they have when it comes to making a behavioral change. Again, not about systems and strategies. It's about relationships and support. Do you have support in making the changes you want in your life? Whatever they may be. Support in maybe changing your body or your mindset or your relationship 
with your husband, your kids, your parents, your friends, the change of maybe going into a new career? Do you have that kind of support? Friends and family support is amazing, and it can make your experience a better one. But also the kind of support I'm talking about is is support from a coach, a support from a therapist, support from like a group of people that are taking part or doing kind of the same thing that you are doing, making that same change, or maybe they've already made that change. Someone or people who believe that that change is possible, that allow you to borrow their belief of change, maybe before you have it yourself. Someone who can help you practice those new skills and create that new way of thinking, see possibilities maybe where you didn't find them before. Someone who can help you navigate the ups and downs of changing a behavior and won't give up on you when it gets hard. Do you have that kind of person in your life? Because that's where real change takes place. That's what we're finding out, that it's not just about the systems and the strategies and what to do and what not to do. Those all are important, but they are not the end all be all. It is the support and the mindset that's the magic. That's the magic behind the strategies and the systems. We have to have both for real change to take place. If you don't have that person in your life, I'm happy to be that person for you. But it doesn't have to be me. Just get someone. Have someone who's going to believe in you, push you, hold you accountable, mentor you, teach you. I see so many strong, intelligent, vibrant people struggle to make the changes that they want in their life because they think they have to figure it all out on their own. And then they don't make the change and then they think something's wrong with them. Nothing's wrong with you, darling. No. You just need some support. Invest in yourself. Invest in your future. Invest in the life that you want to live. You only get one go at this thing called life. Make the best of it that you possibly can. And to do that, you're going to need some support. So get it. Change is doable. It is manageable. It is possible. I believe that for you and for all of you. And it isn't scary when you're not doing it alone. If you're serious about change, you're going to have to go through uncomfortable situations. Change is on the other side of that. Stop trying to dodge the process. It is the only way to grow is to get uncomfortable. And sometimes we need help with that. So I'll leave you with this. If you found out that you only had two years left to live, what changes would you make? Now take that answer and start making those changes. Like right here, right now. Like right now, right now. And if you need some help, feel free to reach out to me. I know that that change is possible for you. And you can borrow my belief I have in you when you don't have that in yourself. That's okay. I've done that with my coaches. I'm happy to do that for you. Start making those changes now. Because tomorrow is promised to no one. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you this week. So happy to be back with you. And I promise to see you next week. Make it a good one. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. 
Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.